Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, starting a new life in Paris is always an option. Men can take it as much as they can dish it out. And we're going to take the summer off and go to the Catskills. Let's do it. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hello. We're back. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a triumphant return if there ever was one. How's it going? Um, it's going excellently. I'm so happy to be sitting across the table from you. I know. This is so fun. We're actually recording in my apartment today. Yeah. We're yeah. officially in the Beaver Dam. Dam. Yeah, I guess it's a Beaver Dam. I always think of it as the Beaver Den. I know you do say den. But, but it should it's not be a, a den. It should be a dam. Do they live in their dam or do they live in a den? That's a great question. I feel like they... Because they dam... I guess they do... They create a dam against the water with all the like wood and everything. Yeah. But then don't they live in it? Kent, do you know? We're bringing some planet Earth to this episode. I couldn't tell you. I'm assuming they live in the dam. Because that's why they're building it. They're building like a home and then they're probably just like scalping water or fish from the water. Totally. And they've it's got like a, a little hole or something. Right. It's not a den at all. Did you ever watch Angry Beavers as a young no. human? As a young lass? <laughs> yeah. Um, they 100% lived in the dam. But was it over the water? It was, I think. In yeah, the cartoon. they definitely, because they're always like swimming around and then they go home. Betty has been the mascot <laughs> <laughs> for a Feminist Wednesday for, it's probably been like seven years. And I've never been asked this question. No, really? Yeah. Coming at it with the hard well, questions. I, it's not like I claim to be a beaver expert. You 100% do. I've heard you say this on multiple occasions. I know some beaver facts. Okay. Well, we don't need to hear them <laughs> for today. <laughs> Another time. Another time. Actually, this is a weird, I know a lot of weird animal facts. Like if you're out playing trivia or like you're going to a bar and they have those games, you know, you play. Yeah. I'm the animal person. Well, you go to so many zoos. Like, you're also a zoo person. <laughs> no. So, it doesn't Apologies. surprise me. Apo I'm an animal nerd. I mean, it's one anyway. of the first things I learned about you. Are there any animals? I'm not worried about it. Are you wanting to segue off of this? <laughs> <laughs> I've revealed too much. It's over. Bye, guys. I know. You haven't even revealed the weirdest thing that you know. Don't tell us. We're going to wait till the end of the episode. What's the weirdest thing that I know? You said you knew a bunch of weird animal facts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just mean in general. What? I thought there was something else that was that was to be revealed that was even nerdier than that. Oh, no. No, no. That's the big reveal for this episode. We can only handle one an episode. Okay. That's your reveal, guys. Um, Welcome back. Thanks. Some changes have happened in your life. I guess so. You have a little one now. I do. I have a baby. Oh, my God. I'm a mom. And Woo! she's so beautiful. She's beautiful. How are you doing? How's everything going? I realize it's such a loaded question because there's a drop down menu for all of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing great now. Because <laughs> you're back in the beaver den? <laughs> I'm back in the den. <laughs> she's out of the house. She's walking around Park Slope with her father. I know. She's just out in the world. I love it. Yeah. She loves to cruise around. Yeah. it's I'm processing, I think, is... Is the short and the long of it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Well, but I got some sleep last night. That's incredible. It was incredible because she hasn't, she's been up every hour 
since midnight for like the last week. She's yeah. been rough. I'm sure. I feel like one of the things that I really love about, I've told you this off of the mic as well, but one of the things I really love about this is how like authentic you're being through all of it. And I'm sure the listeners have also been like watching your Instagram stories and like just we've you've we've been on this journey with you, but you've also been doing it in such a like a way that feels very personal and very like, you know, for you and Sal and for your family. And it just I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's put me in a position where it's like where you know how Cheryl Strait always says we process like we need to process a story before we share it. Mm -hmm. I also know like a thousand percent that I'm so in it right now, Mm -hmm. especially being still in the first she's not even two months yet. Yeah. Um, that it's like, I'm trying to dance a little bit of like, how much is too much? How much? It, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I do want to be honest about how, I don't know, emotional or hard or crazy or overwhelming and wonderful. Like all of these things, like times a hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting to try to figure out like, how much do I share? How much do I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's going to be one. a constant way of like finding a balance as she and as she changes and as you change and as like life goes on and all the things and yeah it's gonna be different totally are we talking about our favorite mom today we are oh my oh, god she's one of my favorite moms i forget she's a mom yeah. entirely i know you said you had some comments about pe- the things that people are saying about miss Maisel for this season two yeah I mean, people I'm are curious. not loving season two of mrs Maisel. It, it is there a reason yeah they just think it's like so much lost the plot it was like because you know what i think it was is this season really does not stay in new york city we're going up to the catskills we're in paris we're on the tour with Susie and midge and like yeah it doesn't stay to 1950s New York the way the first season does. And I think people aren't loving it. Is that why we're watching it? Because it's in New York? I don't care. Do My you favorite care? things are in New York, but... Sure. I mean, we love in New York. We love New York. Yeah. We love that it's showcasing New York. Yeah. But I don't think... I think we're there for her. I also love 1950s Paris. Was not mad about that at all. You know, I don't love Paris as a city in general, but I did enjoy... <laughs> Me either. I don't love it at all, but... I loved the aesthetic of it in the show. I loved her getting a translator and having to do that stand up and then having like the drag queens. It was just all great. That scene was great. So today we're talking about season two of Mrs. Maisel. Where do we want to jump in here? Do you want to talk about your favorite moments? Do you want to talk about like, where do we begin? I don't know. So much happened in the season. I will say the Mm. only thing that I thought was a bit disconnected is I think you're right. We were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Even starting in Paris felt a little bit like Mm -hmm. we're focusing on the mom and her, I guess, you know, she's having this, is midlife crisis the right word to say about her or just she's feeling unseen? I think she's just feeling completely rendered invisible by her husband and Midge for that matter. Yeah. And I think like her family. And I think, it was my favorite part of this season was the stuff with her mom because it showed. So her mom goes off to Paris and she's like starting this fabulous new life in Paris by herself. And it becomes as a total surprise to Midge because she's like, where where's mom? Like, what's going on? And her dad's like, well, I don't know. She said that she like went to Paris or something. And he like didn't even think about the fact that her mother had gone to Paris and like may not be coming back. And I loved that Midge and her dad both go to Paris to like bring back mom. And her mother has absolutely no interest in coming back till they're both like aware of how completely self-centered they've both been. 
Well, I do think that the show does such an interesting job of showing marriage as like an evolving process. And I think to show her parents like having to get on the same page again and almost rediscover their relationship and kind of start a new chapter. Um, Esther Perel, do you know this woman? She's like a a famous marriage counselor. She has this podcast called Where Should We Begin? (laughs) And you get to hear couples have like a marriage counsel session. Um, And she famously says that you're you're in two or three marriages within your life like Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna evolve it's gonna change you and your person are gonna gonna have to recommit to your life basically Mm -hmm. and so I think it I thought it was cool and even we're seeing this with Midge and Joel and the doctor like we're seeing how the relationships are evolving and how you have to put in the work and I loved that scene too where she buys the apart or she wants the apartment and they're it's like, ooh, we got to come back down. Like, where are we going to go from here? I, I love it's very real. She's pretending to be this, like, fabulous, you know, socialite almost in Paris. And with the big apartment that she's trying to buy, she's doing exactly what she did in New York. And yeah. so it's like, no matter where you... It's like that whole idea of no matter where you go, there you you're are. the same person. Mm-hmm. There you are. And I love that her and her and Abe are like pretending to be these like basically like 20 year olds in Paris and like it's so I loved it and I love that when she starts when the mother starts to put up boundaries and be like I'm not coming home I have no plans to come home there's nothing there for me Midge and Abe are both like in a spiral because they're like what are we gonna do without mom like what's happening here and I I so appreciated the mother like drawing lines in the sand and being like, you need to start appreciating me. Totally. And then I love when they come back, how he like registered them for dance class. Like it's, I think we were both nervous or I don't know. I was nervous that maybe she was going to come home and it was all going to be the same. But I like that they're kind of starting this new. I know. Have you ever felt like, have you ever been on a trip and been like, I'm never going home? Have you Um, ever felt that way about a city before? I had that a little bit in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. A little bit. But again, I was very aware that like I was a tourist there and like having the tourist experience, right. like not having the experience of somebody who actually the lives there. The infatuation of it. Right. It's like people who come to New York in like May mm-hmm. and go to Williamsburg and go to the West Spring. Village and take cabs everywhere and go out for happy hour and dinner and Broadway shows. And they're like, I could totally live in New York. And it's yeah. like, that's not living in New York. <laughs> How about you? Have you been anywhere where you were like, this is it? I don't know. As I asked you that question, I was like, I don't think I have an answer for this. I'll have to I'll have to ponder. Yeah, it's I think it's very cool to like go to a new city and feel like you could start building a life there. Yeah, it's a very special thing. I think it's always kind of fun to like try to tune into the city's energy of like, Mm. do we how am I feeling here? Do you know what I mean? Like you try to get in sync with it a bit when you're. Like, I like to just go and, like, sit in a coffee shop for an hour. Like, you have to really ground yourself in the place that you're visiting, I think. Totally. When I went to London, I was staying off of Piccadilly Circus in this awful youth hostel that was just, like, full of frat bros. And it was so gross and so terrible. When was this? This would have been in 2012. So I was 21. Fun. How long were you there for? I was just there for a week, but... Were you visiting or with I friends? I had been on, like, a study abroad to Ireland, and then a gal and I, from that study abroad, like, went to Edinburgh and London and Paris afterward. But it was so... It was funny because I just wanted to, like, never be in the hostel, so I would get up at, like, 7 in the morning and go to Whole Foods, like, a little closer to, like, a financial district in London. And so I would be eating my breakfast at Whole Foods in the morning, 
and watching all of like the stockbrokers and investment bankers and like fabulous wealthy people walk to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was again like that idea of like being in the rhythm of the city. And yeah. I'm like, this is so cool to see like how what a commute looks like and what people are doing and just like what 7 a.m. in London looks like. And I loved it. Yeah, that's good advice. Get up at 7 a.m. and go to a coffee shop. Yeah, don't Let's stay. See what the city is doing. Don't stay at a youth hostel off of Piccadilly Circus. I thought of my answer, which is kind of a strange one. And maybe not like a real answer. Are you gonna? I think I know what you're going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? No, you got to say it. You Do it. What's your guess? San Diego? No. Although I did like San Diego. <laughs> Their zoo like- is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Rivaled the Brooklyn. Do you remember when we were talking to Umer and you and you were like, "What are you going to do in San Diego?" And I was like, "You guys got to go to the zoo." And you guys were like, "We're not going to the zoo." And I was there for like six hours for a Dream Girl screening, and I w- spent three hours at the zoo. Yeah, you, you guys spent, were like, "You are fucking nuts." You just like got off the plane and went to the zoo. I it did. was amazing. It was a great zoo. It rivals the Bronx. It's very big. But I was going to say Tajikistan. <laughs> Tajikistan. Yeah. You think not you could a, live there? Not as a place to live, but as a place that I, that I felt like I really fell in love with when I was there, like Aww. the culture of it. And I, I would that. love to visit again sometime, even though it's like totally like national security questionable. Like I, I really could only go with the embassy again, but it was such a really neat, warm. And it's so, so cool. Like the city is set up around like these rivers. So like there's houses and cafes like all along the river. So you're driving around the mountain and it's just like all these little like villas and stuff. And in this, and I only went in the winter and the city, I guess, comes alive in the summer when everyone's out there and the poppy seeds are covering the mountains and the goats. And I'd like to go back in that season. Wow. Yeah. You've talked about going back. I know that it like was something that you wanted to see in the summer when the city like is more alive and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. I also like that they all thought I was Russian. I'm going to have to go like to Russia right now. bring you back Ella Midge and her mother. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So what are your favorite parts of this season? Okay, we really Paris. veered there with a lot of oh my God, we fun veered. details. We always do though. And this is our first time talking in 2019 on mic. So that's true. Um, My favorite was Paris. I loved, I just thought the narrative around the mom finally owning her independence and it freaking out everybody else reminded me of my mom Mm. and how when my mom used to put up boundaries um my brothers and I yeah my brothers and I would be like I'm sorry what do you you're not (laughs) at my beck and call like what do you think this is mom yeah um and I just really liked that her her mom was like I'm not going home till you guys like figure out what you have in me totally and I think that I'd like the my only critique maybe is I'd I would have liked it to be a little bit more of a learning for Midge. Like, I feel like they come back to New York and the mother's relationship with Abe is improved, but Midge is still kind of like in her own world. Well, I think it mo- it mostly had to do with her and Abe yeah. because I feel like her and Midge are speaking the same language, like even as they're packing for the cat skills, right. like and deciding what hats right. to bring. Like there is such a wavelength that they share, even when she was like, she's in Paris, like Papa, like asking the follow up questions, like. I think it was more about Abe than it was about Midge. Agreed. And I think that there's a nice moment when they're in the Catskills where her mom is like, oh, that's Midge. She's just crazy. And like, I don't know what to do with my daughter, but that's my daughter. And there's kind of this like acceptance almost where her mom doesn't feel this need to be so like controlling and have Midge be basically a replica of her. 
Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that there was like a little bit of, I think this is what's something that's so satisfying about the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is like there's learnings with all the characters. However, it's interesting that Midge feels like she cannot reveal her true self to either of her parents and yeah. that there is such a secrecy. And I think having to tell them was almost very anticlimactic, which I kind of liked when she tells them at dinner. Um, that she's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, when her dad sees her do stand-up, I did not breathe. I could not breathe. He's such a good actor, her dad. That face. Incredible. Yeah, it was a lot. Just deadpan Easter Island statue staring at her like, oh my God. I think, um, speaking of the fathers, I loved the scene where Joel, who's like kind of hustling and bustling and building this, building the business, like the dad sits down and is like, get the hell out of here. Like, here's a check. You're, like, working day and night. Like, get out of here. Like, go do your own thing. I thought that was very heartwarming. I liked that scene a lot. You're making a face. Can we talk about Joel? Yes, let's talk about him. You <laughs> love Joel. I do. I am very not I'm very rooting for Joel. I mean. Tell me. Let's get into it. Okay. You tell me why you don't like him. Okay. It's not that I. And then I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> they build you up to break you down um my whole thing is like i just don't care and Mm. i'm not getting what i'm not getting what the relationship is supposed to be between the two of them i know he's the father of her children i i like the real the realistic side of that that she's like she says this to her mom in season one where she's like listen these are Joel's kids. Like he's going to be in our life for the rest of their lives. Like, right. That's just how it is. And I like that a lot. Cause I think that's not portrayed realistically in a lot of shows, but as a romantic interest for Midge, I'm just like, I don't get this at all. And the creator of the show talks about how Joel is her most important is Midge's most important relationship. And I'm like, I just don't get it. He cheated on her. He completely sabotaged their entire life. For the better, because now she's a fabulous stand-up comedian and is, like, finding her own voice. But it doesn't always work out that way. And I kind of feel like Joel, his immaturity just makes me crazy. His, like, him just kind of spinning out in, like, this little world he has for himself. Just I just don't connect to him. (sighs) Wow, wow, wow. I know. Well, I mean... I like him as a character. mm -hmm, Like, I think mm -hmm. it's very... it's very realistic to me. It's very, like, grounded. Yeah. I don't get what they're trying to do with him and Midge. Well, I think this season was really, like, him reflecting on what he, on his mistakes, on what happened. And, you know, he's kind of having this playboy phase, but he's, like, kind of pining over Midge. But I think the thing that I really like about him is that he's still there for her in such a huge way. And he's still such a big support. Like, I love that he stood up in front of the summer camp and was like, okay, this is what's going on. You're this, you're that. Like, he's very, I loved that scene. I loved the scene where she calls him when she can't get paid and he comes in and punches the club. I mean, I died for that scene. It was amazing. I was like squealing. I know you love this man. I do. And then, I don't know. I just, I think there's, I'm holding out. I think we, sometimes people make mistakes and I like this idea of, him kind of finding his way back to her. And I think it's funny because in the last season he said, you know, you're great and you're talented and it can't be me because I can't deal with you doing stand up about me or our family. But now I think he's kind of like, 
oh shit, like I love this person so much that like I, I think that he is creating space for her to have her career and for her to have like this this life with him. I don't feel that. I just don't <sighs> feel the love with them. I feel mm. like they were young and there was so much culture and so much expectation put on them when I they first got married. I 100% agree with you. But I think it's one of those things where it's like the relationship has now evolved to their second marriage where now they're choosing each other again. I don't feel like no. they are. I feel like they're just living he's so just there. separately and he's just there. Mm. And it's like, I honestly, he showed up in one scene to dinner and I kind of forgot he was in the show. Like I was like, oh, right. Like you gotcha, still come, gotcha. come around once in a while. I love his parents. I love that. I love the, <laughs> the mom's gambling the, problem. Oh my God. <laughs> Phenomenal. But again, I'm not sure it's realistic. We can't we can't impose any kind of reality onto Mrs. Maisel because I feel like it's not a show that grounds itself very hard in reality. Mm-hmm. But Joel is a real question mark to me. I feel like I don't connect to what the love. I don't feel the love between them. I, think I feel that, the convenience between. them. I think what I really respect about Joel is that he's starting to come to terms with the fact that like he's going to accept his wife wholly with but what she wants divorced. to do. It's not, they, they're not going to get. You think they're going to stay together? <gasps> I mean, I'm te- I'm Team Joel, yeah. Holy moly. Well, I think we have to segue to the doctor. Okay. Before so we Benjamin talk is before a we big... talk about the finale or the end of what happens and where we're going to go. But yeah, it's tell me about the doctor. So they're really I... trying to create like an Aiden Mr. Big situation on this show. Is the doctor Mr. Big? No, he's Aiden. You think the doctor is Aiden? Yeah, she doesn't want to be with him. You think Mr. Big is Joel? He, he's her Mr. Big in the sense that he's just ever present oh, okay, and okay. every man will be measured up to him and like yeah but I don't think Benjamin, he's like he's like suave and me- like Mr. No, no, Big no, no. it's not not as energy. a character yeah yeah as like a trope okay of like that ever present ex yeah, who you measure guy. everybody else up sure. to and you're still in contact with even yeah. though you shouldn't be yeah and Benjamin I feel like was portrayed as this convenient ideal and I kind of liked how they played that relationship out. Although I, again, I feel like the scene where she tells him that she's a stand-up comedian, it fell very flat. Well, I think he thought it was cute, but like I needed more of that. I feel like we were almost missing a scene of like the blow up there. Well, I mean, he did go to her shows and he was like, she's great. I, I think he's just like, this is, we don't really, I think that's an interesting point because we don't really know how he feels about her career or if she was to like go out of town. Like we don't know how serious he's taking. It's kind of just general. But remember when Susie was like, was that a fake laugh? Like I think she can kind of see through his good guy yeah. letting it roll because he thinks it's like something fun to say at a party like my wife's a stand-up. <sighs> but we don't really know too much about this doctor. I feel like his, my thing. his character was very, you know, He's tall, he's dark, he's handsome, he's a doctor. Like, he was very a trope of, like, what your Jewish mother would want you to marry. Mm-hmm. But he's and not. He's not what he appears to be, which I think is But we is don't really know that he's not. We don't really know anything. He's just kind of there. Apparently, he's in season three. I feel like the cliffhanger at the end of season two was the same as the cliffhanger at the end of season one, and it kind of bothered me. Mm. Both seasons end with Miss, Miss Midge and Joel kissing in the like this moment of passion, and I'm like, I don't care. Mm. It just is so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. 
<laughs> because I like Benjamin and I wanted to see I think what I So are you team Benjamin? I think the coolest thing about Benjamin and Midge is that she could not enter into that relationship with him not knowing who she is mm-hmm. as a stand-up comedian, sure. as a performer, as the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I loved that message. I loved that the show was saying, hey, you got into this relationship with Joel when you guys were young. There was a lot of expectation. There was a lot of you know familial um, ties going on there. And I like that she identified in herself that if her and Benjamin were going to be a thing, he would have to know who she is. Right. At her core. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very cool thing to write into that show because it's not necessarily something they had to include. I think what frustrated me is that it just kind of didn't go anywhere. It's like they decided they were going to get married. Abe put him through this whole song and dance about his resume and his reading list and all this kind of stuff. And it almost became joke and to me it it kind of lost the sincerity of like what they were trying to do there and I didn't understand why she went back to Joel and I didn't understand basically the final episode was very confusing to me well here's my take I like that you're decoding the marvelous Mrs. Maisel for me because I'm like I don't know what's happening here well I think something that was really brilliant that they did is they kind of juxtaposed her future life with her best friend having that third baby you know like the whole I don't know. Like we're seeing what Midge's life could be. Yeah. And I think we're seeing what Midge's life could be with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting at the end. I loved the scene where she's runs into the closet. She's got all of her, you know, bags and shoes and stuff from shopping. And her dad's like, I made the decision. And she's like, what decision? Like she's not even paying attention. She's not even thinking about the doctor. And then it's like, oh, shit, it hits her. We're talking about the marriage. She didn't tell him. Like, I just think he's kind of an afterthought. And I feel like she was kind of going the path maybe that her mom wanted of like, find a husband. Right. You know, keep your social standing, like be able to enter the bikini contest because you're a missus now. Yeah. And I think there's a real life that's creeping around that with the comedy of who she really is Mm -hmm. to the point where she's not even paying attention. And I think the reason that she's still connecting with Joel is because I think he sees, again, I'm going back to this idea of like he sees everything, like the full complexity of who she is. And I think she just wanted to feel seen at the end of like, I want to be with somebody before I take this and before I go. And I thought it was very sweet. Again, from that I- perspective, it is. I feel like for me, it's like we didn't give the doctor a chance to not be a stuffed shirt who your mother would love you to marry. We didn't give him the opportunity to ever, like, say what he actually felt. But I think that's kind of interesting, too, right? Because, like, he could just be a decent, good guy who supports her career. Mm -hmm. But it's, there's no Zazazoo, maybe? I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's just he looks good on paper, and that was, there wasn't that, you know, I like that Joel is messy. I like that her, they've got to do work. I like that there is, you know, tension there. and Like, I like the complexity of how intense it is, and that they have this whole history, and that you know, they're choosing to maybe or maybe not. We don't know. I mean, she's for sure going to go, you know, do this tour. Yeah. So the tour is starting in season three. Yes. Apparently season three opens in Miami. Well, you know, what's so cool is they've they didn't they touch a little bit about gender and like her being a woman in comedy. That scene where she roasts oh all my the God. So good. Were you screaming? I was dying. Dying. Ugh. Because you go up there and she's like covered in ketchup and you think, oh my God, she's going to bomb. I can't watch Midge bomb in front of all these asshole comics. And then she just roasts them. 
Oh my God, it was a total flip. I also loved how she called out, and this is like kind of where the show is like commenting on present day comedy, is calling out how the, like all the men are the same. Oh, like, and like take it. And, and like, they're take all like it. so sad about like getting like harassed, even though like every time they, they introduce her, they like talk down to her. And the manager pulls her off the stage for talking about pregnancy and the next time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, amazing. And she's just like, what the hell is this shit? Like, are you kidding me? Well, that's what I was going to say about season three is, you know, they're talking about gender. We're going to talk about race now, which I think will be really cool because she's going to be working with that, you know, jazz singer guy. Yeah. Which will be really interesting because now we'll start to see, which is why I think he was in the women's bathroom. So I think we're going to start to get into all those complexities of like race in this era, which will be really fun. And maybe a romance there. I don't know. I hope not. I hope that they stay very. <laughs> I can't handle Midge with the romance. It's like too stressful for me to deal with. Um, what are you hoping to see? I feel like I looked up a little bit about like what kind of is going to be included. Mm-hmm. We're going to get more from Susie's past well, in I, season three. Can we talk a little bit about what's going to go? What do you think with Susie and um, that other comic? Do you think she's going to take her as a client? Um, Jane Lynch is Jane Lynch is whatever fabulous her name is. character. Oh, Sophie Lennon. I think she's going to. And I think Midge is going to have to figure it out. Great space for Susie to like make some money, girl. Make some money. And also it was so frustrating to like watch that episode because and that scene because Midge gets the opportunity to go on tour with that musician. Mm -hmm. Susie and Sophie Lennon agree that they're going to work it's we like think. we don't know. The seed has been planted. Right. She hasn't committed to. She's got a fur coat. Could go either way. It could go either way, but it's almost like that. You. It's so painful to watch because Susie like won't tell Midge. Hey, this opportunity came out from Sophie Lennon, and I'm going to manage you and her. It's like this whole like caught up in. Well, I think Midge was like tell that in, you know bitch yeah. da da da. Like I think it's Susie was like oh boy how do I do this? Yeah. Like it has to be handled delicately. I mean yeah. Midge is an artist. She's very high maintenance. Human. I loved it though. I thought it was so realistic that it's such a simple fix and yet it's going to be there's a lot of emotion caught up in it. I also think it was so sad when they like they just what what was their friction on the tour and off the tour and they really haven't been and even when Susie stood up to Jane Lynch's mm-hmm. person and then Midge was mad like there's this whole the tension with them. I feel like when female friendships go awry, it's like very distressing. I know it's very stressful, especially yeah. for no like clear reason. It's just it an just undertone. feels like they're off. Yeah, they were very out of sync this season. Mm-hmm. I'm I interested loved her in that. with that plunger just walking around. <laughs> so good. And then the guy being like, "We're crisscrossing." <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So good. And then she was in the pageant thing that they did. Oh, too I good love. for it. Too good. Um, the apartment might be gone in season three. Her parents are. Th- potentially moving out because it's owned by Columbia University and Abe doesn't want to work there anymore. Right. Which are a whole weird thing too with the brother. I want the brother to come back. And the brother working for like the FBI or something. I need more of what was oh, yeah, going that on with was that very... whole thing. They were like, we gave the mom a thread, let's give the dad a thread, but it kind of didn't did it go anywhere? No. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. It wasn't at all. interesting. I didn't even it. remember it. So yeah. there you go. Um and Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls might be joining. Who's Lauren Graham? Interesting. I mean, she's the mom of Gilmore Girl- Girls. Lorelai? Lorelai. <laughs> I didn't want What? To. Yeah. Because. How do we feel about that? I don't know if I like Lorelai. Oh, no. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'll leave space for her. There's a lot. There's a lot of question marks in season three. We might be getting it as early as December this year. Oh, cool. 
So that's exciting. It starts production in March. So now. So now. Exciting. It starts production, which we'll get photos from set, which I can't wait for. But season two to me, I think I loved it because it stayed with Midge. And yes, it took us out of New York City, but I just love the way this show stays in its lane and knows exactly what it's doing. Agreed. And I think that that's like threatening to people because it's not falling into any stereotypes. It's not playing into anything we've seen on TV before. I really feel like it is doing something new. Absolutely. And I think it continues to just be such a visual treat. Mm -hmm. Like even the shots of the summer camp and like the colors and the outfits and the hats. And it was just really beautiful. Um, You know, obviously, I'm very team Joel and I like to see where this goes. (laughs) It stresses me out until I have more information. I just cannot champion that man. Fair enough. I'm not going to be able to. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, Do you follow Rachel Brosnahan on Instagram? I do not. She has two dogs and it's fabulous. She's very cool. I believe it. She like mixes in shots of her dog with shots of set with like photo shoots. (laughs) Worth a follow. (laughs) Worth a follow. A good synopsis. That's my recap of her Instagram. Excellent. Um, Another thing I know you wanted to talk about with this show, and this is another thing I'm kind of a little uncertain about, is Mm -hmm. Midge's portrayal as a mother. Mm -hmm. And people are mad about it because they're calling her a terrible mom and like basically trolling her in the most predictable and boring way. Yeah, you know, I recall actually from season one, projecting for season two that I'd love to see more conversations about her as a mother because she doesn't it doesn't feel like she wants to be a mom and I Mm -hmm. think that they it'd be cool for them to like dissect those threads however now that I am a mother (laughs) I feel like it's so like all-encompassing of your life that it's actually very refreshing to not even name it you know like it is and so like we're moving on I think the other thing is like men have been doing this forever where they have their careers and they have their lives and oh, by the way, they have kids. And I think it's actually pretty cool that we're seeing kind of Midge be kind of a hands-off parent. I mean, whether she's a good mother or not, I mean, I don't know. But I think it's something different. Agreed. And I'm not mad about it. I think, but it will be interesting to see what happens because she is going to go away for how long? I mean, is she going to bring the kids? Are they not going to come? I think they're just not even a factor. Yeah. The kids just really seem to not be written into the show at all. Which, again, I feel like is very, like, thinking about my life. Like, you know, I'm going to go away for 24 hours for a dream girl screening in May. Like, I'm losing my mind about yeah. it. Like, there's so much stress and pressure. And, like, I have to plan, like, logistics and breast milk. Like, all of these things. And, like, how nice that she's just like, whatever. I know it like, really leave us from some of the mom guilt you know I think that that's a really great point and I think that like it really bothered me in season one just given that this show is in the 50s I wanted it to be a little bit more grounded in reality that she would be expected to do motherly what? things and to be there for her kids but at the same time I'm like this is Hollywood let's suspend reality and like it feels revolutionary in and of itself that the show is not making her do that and I think that's really really interesting well we're also seeing like the kids sit at a separate table with the maids like it's a different it's like having your kids being raised by somebody else like mm-hmm. that kind of era of upper class like kind of reminds me of Downton Abbey a bit and, yeah like, you pop in on the kids for an hour and like somebody else handles it so I think you're right I think we do need to ground it a bit like I think the mother will be like you can't just do this like I think there th- there needs to be an audience member present yeah to like give us some perspective on it but yeah. I think it'll be and they should name it. 
I know. I'm feeling like I need a bit of a guardrail to come up because I feel like it's like kind of for mid right now. And I'm like, yeah, I need it to just kind of there to be a little bit more resistance maybe coming her way. Mm. Mm. All right. Love it. Do you have any other notes? Any other things you want to share? <sighs> no, I, I will say it was um really fun to watch. It's like one of the only shows that I was like, I'm going to be committed to continuing to watch this and make sure that I'm up to date on it. And Excited for season three. And yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Erin. Of course. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Oh guys. my God. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Welcome enjoy. Back. Thanks, Kat. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.